Welcome back to the podcast. This will be podcast number nine, and I will admit that it's been a while. Now, part of the reason for the fact that it's been a while is that I've been having some problems with my voice, uh, some vocal cord problems. We've, I think I've finally gotten that stuff under control. Uh, that's, that's part of it. The other part of it is I really haven't had anything interesting to say, and when I don't have anything interesting to say, I just busy my time writing uh, you know, I've been writing general interest articles for the mainstream media on, on this stuff. Maybe some of you have, have seen our articles in at first Huffington Post and now PJ Media. I'm proud to be writing for PJ Media. They uh, suit my temperament quite a bit better. And uh, I'm happy to be doing a series of articles for PJ. Be watching for those. I'll post those on the website. But now we're going to talk about some stuff that uh, has recently occurred. I went to the Arnold recently, and I thought that in lieu of writing a, an, artic an article about it, that uh, I would uh, just talk. Because this kind of thing lends itself better to a, a, a verbal description anyway. The, uh, the, the trip was a lot of fun, and let me explain how this came about. We were contacted oh, several months ago by Rob Schmidt of the USAPL wanting to know if we would like to, we'd be interested in sponsoring the, uh, the raw meet, the raw challenge, which was a three-lift meet that was to be held on Friday at the Arnold. And uh, Steph and I kicked it around a little while, and we said, well, what the hell? Let's see what happens. And uh, it'd be good exposure. We like raw powerlifting. We're interested in promoting the raw aspect of the sport. We thought it would be a good opportunity to, to make a little splash in the powerlifting world. And uh, so we signed up to be the, the sponsors. And as it turned out, we were providing the prize money and the awards for the, for the lifters. And it was a, it was a great opportunity to reward some excellent performances this uh, this past weekend. And uh, I'm making this podcast at 12.30 in the morning on, the, uh, on, on Wednesday the 5th of March. So I just got back a couple of days ago. Uh, there was a snowstorm in the area, and it was uh, they'd canceled a bunch of flights, but they somehow managed to get us out of there. The folks at the Columbus Airport are a lot better at this than apparently than some other places. And, uh, they did a great job of getting everybody out and we got home with, uh, with no trouble, drove on the ice up to two thirds of the way to Wichita falls, but everything was fine. Uh, as a general observation about Columbus, the city is a 787,000 market. It's a great big town. And, the Arnold was huge. The Arnold was, I don't know what the head count was. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about the head count. I've heard 300,000 and that wouldn't surprise me at all from the number of people in that hall over the weekend. The airport was a nice airport. They worked quite efficiently. It was, a. uh, a good job they did at the airport, the hotel, all the transportation, the infrastructure of Columbus is just very, very efficient and uh, a great place to have this event. And I guess that's why the damn thing has been there for all these number of years. But uh, I think it's coming up on 20 years now that they've been having this event and it's grown every year. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a second. Now, uh, 
we stayed in the Marriott Spring Hill Suites. It was a great little hotel and uh, great service. USAPL set that up. That was their meat hotel, and they provided me room for the weekend along with the sponsorship package. So uh, all in all, I had a good time this weekend. I came in on Thursday and uh, left on Sunday afternoon, about 3 o'clock. And my friend, friends Mac and Jillian Ward picked me up at the airport, and we hung around together all weekend, had a lot of fun. I uh, went to a nice place to eat Thursday night. Friday, I spent all day at the meet. Got there a little bit late, but uh, a guy's got to sleep, you know. And uh, watched the meet all day, all afternoon on, on Friday. That's our sponsored meet. Went back the next day and watched the, the equipped meet, the pro-equipped meet. And both these meets were international meets. There were a lot of European representatives there, a lot of European athletes lifted in both meets, and it was a great show. Now, the Arnold itself is the Arnold Sports Festival. It includes men's bodybuilding, uh, women's fitness and figure competition. The women's bodybuilding has been eliminated for obvious reasons. The uh, strongman contest is a great big popular strongman contest, big in the industry. Uh, powerlifting was represented by both the USAPL and the XPC, and we'll talk a little bit more about that also later. Men's physique, uh, what to say about men's physique? Uh, nothing. There's boxing, uh, martial arts, figure skating, gymnastics, all-star cheerleading. The gymnastics venue was enormous. There was fencing. Many other sports were represented at the Arnold Sports Festival. This thing continues to grow every year. And I would recommend that if you have a specific sport that you want to see, that this is an interesting competition. This is an interesting event to attend. It's um, very well provided for at the venue. The thing is a great big part, apparently, of the Columbus Spring activities, and they take care of you pretty well. The problem is that there are three hundred thousand people in the same building at least that was my impression the the question i was asking on uh on uh actually on friday afternoon is holy god do they not have a fire code in this building there was literally no physical way to get from one side of that room the expo hall which is the great big place where all the booths were no physical possible way to get from one side of that hall to the other in less than 30 minutes. It was uh, there is some amazing to me. There was oxygen in the room. I've never seen that many people in one event in my life, and not just people, but friends. When I tell you this, and I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but this event is a circus. It is a zoo. There are some interesting aspects of the industry that we work in. And one of the most interesting aspects of that industry are the people on the fringes, on the extremes of interest in physical culture. Every one of those people was in this room this past weekend. And it was... Uh, it was a circus. 
Now, I will say that the girls were a lot of fun to look at, but it was about a 15 to 1 girl to guy ratio. So really, honestly, it was a sausage festival. It was not, you know, it, it had its limitations in terms of watching the ladies, but it was, uh, there were some interesting specimens there. There were lots and lots and lots of booths. And when I say lots of booths, I mean, there were 300,000 square feet of booths. I really don't know how big that maybe somebody could comment on the thread if they know how big, how many square feet the expo hall was, but it was, um, I didn't know they made city blocks that big. It just, it's, uh, it was, it's an amazing venue. It really is. And, uh, you know, the air conditioning was somehow managed. The place was comfortable with 300,000 people in it. These guys have this down. It's a, it's a great show, but I mean, it is a circus at one point. I didn't even go back in there into the expo hall on Saturday because it was, it was, I'd heard from, you know, people came out of there and told me it's, it's twice as bad as it was yesterday. And it's just, you know, not something I wanted to subject myself to. So I didn't go in there on Saturday, but Friday afternoon, I'm taking a break from the power meet and I'm wandering around in there. And there are so many weirdos in this thing. I'm saying, you know, Really, I, I maybe ought to get back into geology or something. This is, a, this is, a, this is a bunch of freaks. But it was entertaining, and uh, you know I can't complain too much. But I will tell you though that it's, it is. If you've never seen this, it's, it's worth buying the ticket just to come see the unbelievable long lines of people, lines of hundreds and hundreds of people stretched around the corner waiting to shake the hand of a professional bodybuilder and get an autograph or something. Uh, it, was, it was a very, very odd thing for me, but I shouldn't go on and on about that. I took as much of that as I could, and then I went back into the powerlifting meet. Powerlifting meet, powerlifting meet was very interesting. Uh, there were two organizations represented <coughs> representing the sport of powerlifting at this meet. Uh, USAPL was there with six meets. Uh, they had, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about those men. The other organization was the XPC, the Extreme Powerlifting Coalition. Extreme being spelled with an X, apparently. And they had two meets. They had a three-lift meet and a bench meet. USAPL had um, the raw three-lift meet that we sponsored on Friday, and they had the geared three-lift meet on Saturday. I saw most of the raw meat, and I saw part of the geared meat on Saturday. I didn't see the raw bench. They sponsored a raw bench press competition, a deadlift competition on the main stage in the big venue hall, the big uh, expo hall, and that was uh, equipped and unequipped, however you want to do it. They had an equipped bench. And they ran a bench press deadlift meet for the Ohio State USAPL people as a kind of thank you for providing the equipment and the infrastructure for the meet. And uh, first off, let me say as a disclaimer that, and and I've said this in, in several other avenues of discussion before, I am not a sports fan. I do not follow closely the sport of powerlifting in terms of numbers and people who are currently active in it. 
I did 25 years ago, but I, I'm, I just don't follow it now. And uh, I don't have a, a mind to remember numbers. And if I fuck some of this stuff up, it's just, you know, what I do. So I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way. And I also want to thank Rob Schmidt for, for kind of marshalling me around this weekend and getting me in and out of stuff and arranging for credentials and making this experience as smooth as possible for me. And uh, he did pretty well in his meet as well. Robbie, you did a, a pretty good job, but I'd still need to schedule that deadlift workshop with you. Now, the meet itself was uh, a really, and I, I really, this is going to sound like I'm, 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 you know, fawning over these people, but I, I'll tell you, I have been announcing meets for a long time. I've been announcing meets. Uh, I announced essentially all of the powerlifting meets in the state of Texas between 88 and 97. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I have been involved in Olympic weightlifting for a long time. I have announced meets for 25 years. Been running meets, doing meet direction. Been involved with the competitive, behind the table competitive aspect of the sport for a very long time. And I do not hesitate to say this was one of the best and maybe the best run competition I have ever seen. Our meet on Friday that we sponsored, the Raw Three Lift Meet, the Starting Strength Raw Challenge, was a, a very, very efficiently directed meet. It was, there wasn't 15 seconds worth of wasted time in any of the sessions all day. I can't brag on the organizational skills of the of Larry Maley and the other meet director people uh, enough. These guys did a great job and it was, it was, everything was on time. There weren't any misloads until Saturday. There was one accident that I'll tell you about in a minute, but on Friday, the, the event itself, it could not possibly have run any more smoothly. So I have to brag on, on, the organizational skills of these guys that are running this organization to put on a, a high level meet the, the graphics, the stage was set up correctly. They had screens that projected the lift. They had a brilliant meet direction program, a table program that displayed all of the relevant information in a large colorful format, displayed the plates on the bar, uh, the organization of the plates on the bar for the loaders, Pounds, kilos, uh, easy to follow. It was just a, it was, it's a brilliant program. And I did not make a note of that, but I'll ask right now in this, in this, uh, podcast for Rob Schmidt to post on the website and give us the name of this brilliant program. These people have written to, to run a meet. I'm, I'm told that it's free and, uh, it's apparently shareware and, uh, I can't brag on it enough. It really makes the the meat flow right along, and it's very, very helpful. So we'll get that information for you. Uh, the meat itself was uh, flawlessly run, as I mentioned, and it is. Uh, we saw some just excellent lifting. Raw power lifting is really about the only thing I'm interested in at this point, and these guys did a great job with this meat, and there were some excellent lifts. I'll have to tell you there were some some excellent, excellent lifts. And we'll talk about a couple of those specifically in just a minute. We uh Mac and Jillian and I just 
got a hair up our ass and went over across town to the other venue where the XPC meet was taking place. They had a, a three-lift meet in progress over there, and we hung around for the a few of the bench presses and uh, then came back to the, to the raw venue to see some of the heavier lifters perform Saturday, uh, that's Friday afternoon. And, uh, you know, that was an interesting little exposure to the, the world of multiply bench press. Uh, Andy Bolton was there. Andy Bolton missed 685, if I remember correctly, on the bench. Pulled 800, I think, later. Those results are available on the web, too. If you're interested, you need to look those up. Anyway, we came back to the to the main competition we were primarily interested in and, and watched some more of the lifting. The uh, The raw meet uh, wound up Friday afternoon, and then I came back the next day and uh, watched some of the, the, uh, the geared meet, the USAPL geared meet that was held on Saturday. Uh, they had to leave, so I was there pretty much by myself on Saturday afternoon and uh, really enjoyed the whole weekend of, uh, of the powerlifting that I saw. I did not have a chance to look at any of the other sports. Uh, it was uh, the, the place was so crowded, and I, if I'd had time, I would have tried to gotten over and see the fencing, and if I go next year, I'm going to make a point to go see the fencing. But uh, the powerlifting that I did see was was very entertaining. Let's talk now about some of the specific lifts that I that I saw, or that I'd like to comment on. First, I'd like to comment on Jennifer Thompson's 308 bench. Jennifer Thompson is the female Mike McDonald of the 21st century, and those of you that have watched her lift wonder how this tall, apparently slender. 132-pound, blonde, pretty girl, master's lifter, manages to bench 308, weighing 132. I have no idea, but the goddamn thing was amazing. That's all I can tell you. It was It's, it's an amazing lift. Uh, I saw her second deadlift, and uh, in one of the only egregious judging errors I saw all weekend. That deadlift stopped on the way up, and she should have gotten red lights for that. It was a clearly a stop, but they gave it to her. And, you know, no judging is, is perfect. No judging is perfect. Most judging problems in powerlifting occur on the bench press. And in my opinion, that is a direct reflection of the screwed-up bench press rules for that lift in powerlifting. And I say that because if you'll stop and think about this just a second, uh, why does the head judge in the bench press participate in the lift, but not in the squat? The squat is an obvious place where if a judge was going to participate in terms of the depth, that he would call up or something like that, give a depth call. In the bench press, the rules state that the Head judge must see the bench, see the bar, pause, come to a complete stop on the chest. Then he gives the bench press, the press signal, and, and the bar should move back up at that point. This is clearly placing the head judge in a, in a position of participation in the lift. Now, when I was competing, 
the way we did it was we carried the bar down to the chest. We paused. When we knew we'd pause, we trained the pause. We timed the pause and we came back up. We did not listen to the head judge because that's a distraction. Your concentration is supposed to be on your bar. You shouldn't even hear the head judge. But the rule makes it necessary for the judge to have input into the lift during the execution of the lift. Now, the judges in the squat judge the depth of the squat. You squat, you stand back up, they tell you to rack it. Once they see that you have control of the bar at the top, you rack it and they either say the squat was deep or the squat was not deep or there was another infraction. But during the bench press, for some odd reason, the head judge has to tell you when to come back up. Now, let's let's just postulate a, a, a situation here. And I've actually seen this a dozen or so times. Uh, more than that, actually, in, in the course of being around powerlifting for 30 years. Let's say that the lifter is attempting a, a national record or he's a big big friend of all the judges and everybody's afraid of this guy or for whatever reason, the head judge decides to get antsy and the head judge gives the press signal before the bar touches the chest. Now I have seen this on several occasions in that event. What do the side judges do? Do the side judges judge the lift according to the rules or do they judge the lift according to the call? This is a problem. And in, in my opinion, this presents too many opportunities for problems in judging that particular lift. And I think the rules should be amended. And I don't know the history of the IPF having done that a while back. But in my opinion, if the judges are capable of judging whether or not the squat was performed according to the rules, then those same judges should be capable of judging whether or not the bench press is being performed according to the same rules too. So, that having been said, I saw some, some excellent lifting. Some excellent lifting. Matt Baller's bench at 567 in a t-shirt was an interesting example of uh, one of the problems that took place at this meet that I'd like to comment on. Uh, Matt took his third attempt at 567 out of the rack and could not hear the down sick. And uh, one must wonder why. The, the reason for that is, is that uh, the music's too damn loud. For both of these meets that I attended on uh, Friday and Saturday, they had death metal played, and it was just, you know, I don't listen to that shit. I mean, if you listen in the background right here, I've got XM49, Soul Town. That's what I listen to. I'm listening to sweet soul music. I don't want to hear death metal. Death metal, I guess it's called. You know, you tune it out. You learn to tune it out, but it does establish a baseline level of noise. I think that uh, sporting events should be conducted with crowd noise and the the sounds that are inherent to the event itself and not with megadeth playing i just I, I don't see any point in that i don't think it adds to the excitement it adds a noise level and in this case it added to confusion during the lift because matt couldn't hear the command it's not necessary to have this music playing all the time and that's just that's just my opinion 
and you know that's just like my opinion man so it's you know you can take that or leave it uh, I understand that a lot of people like it as kind of a background and it kind of amps people up and everything but I you know guys that are national champions don't need amping up with music what they need is a professional venue in which to compete and I don't think that music adds to that so in this case it was a problem one of the wonderful things that I thought was uh, was done quite well on Friday was the announcing Larry Maley the president of, of USAPL did an excellent job of announcing the meet. He was working the cards and announcing the the play-by-play, as it were, and uh, filled up the space quite nicely. And I thought he did an excellent, very professional job. Larry's kind of a quiet guy, but he works the microphone as well as anyone I've ever heard. The announcing Saturday was unprofessional. I didn't like it. It was very distracting. It's, in fact, that's why I got up and left. As the bench press started, I just couldn't stand it anymore. Uh, that's, again, merely my opinion. Uh, some of the great lifts I saw, in addition to Jennifer's 308 bench and Matt's 567 bench, Mike Tashir pulled an 818 deadlift uh, on Friday in the raw meet. Mike is a is an, he is he is a robot. The man is a lifting device. He is absolutely dialed in. I've never seen anybody in so thorough a command of himself in a power meet before. A lot of people tend to overpsych. Blaine Sumner is one of these guys. He overpsychs a little bit and costs himself some some technical points on especially his deadlift. But Mike walks up to the bar, whether it's the third attempt, first attempt, he's calculating. He is a device. He's a calculator. He is he has got the most measured technical approach to this to this sport that I've ever seen. And uh, it's amazing to watch him lift. And he pulled that eight eighteen. There was room to spare, but it was there was not much, and it was a beautiful third attempt. And Blaine Sumner Let's talk about this because you're going to hear all about this, and I know it's been kicked around all over the Internet already. Blaine lifted Saturday in the equipped meet after having squatted 848 in the raw meet on Friday. Now, is Blaine crazy? Is he a fool? I don't know. I think he's just a big, bull, strong kid. I talked to Blaine in the warm-up room, he's a great guy. Hell, he lives up in Oklahoma City. I think I'll have him come down here and drink beer with me if he'll do it. But he, he's a great guy. And uh, he's a petroleum engineer. Works for Devon. And uh, I have a lot of stuff in common with him, and I look forward to getting to know him a little better. But he's uh, he did 848 on the in on Friday, just in knee sleeves and a singlet and a belt, and then comes back and takes 1,008 out of the rack for his first attempt on Saturday. Now, in the only real execution mistake by the by the meat itself, there was apparently a problem with the collar on the right side, on his right side, stage left. 
That'd be stage right. I'm on the left side over there, and I'm looking at I'm looking at Blaine's right side. The right side collar apparently was loose. He takes it out of the rack, and they have him re-rack the bar uh, because of this problem. This is his first attempt. It's 2008. He stood up, walked it out. They tell him he gets the command to rack the bar again. So he puts it back in the rack. They mess with the bar a second, and they're going to give him time to, to uh, re-wrap and whatever time he needs to do, because this was their technical fault, and they, they owe him the attempt. So he says, no, I'd rather just go ahead and do it now. He apparently was, was still okay at that point. So he comes back up to the bar, takes 1,008 again, takes it out for his first attempt, rides it down, and he's a little bit high. Now, I am sitting on the right-hand side of Sumner. I'm looking at his right side. So I'm on the left-hand side of the stage in the audience looking over the left judge's shoulder. And that squat was a little bit high, a hair. And I mean a quarter inch. But this is, you know, the grown-up version of powerlifting, and this matters. So he gets reds on that. So second attempt after the in, in the in the second attempts in the next flight he takes his 1008 again and buries it and it's clearly buried so i'm on the side looking at blaine's right hand side i have now seen examples of a lift that was clearly high a lift that was clearly below parallel and now it's time for his 1,052. The current world record is 1,041. 1,041 and a half, 1,052 and a half. It's 440, 472 and a half kilos. And Blaine is taking 477 and a half kilos out of the rack. So there's quite a bit. It's, it's, it's clearly heavy on his back. He's not absolutely solid taking it out of the rack. I heard some discussion on the second attempt about a failure to lock knees out at the top of the lift. And quite honestly, I didn't pay that much attention to it. If there's a, I mean, some of the guys in the audience, some of the other lifters are kind of pointing that out as a failure, as a, as a flaw in the judging that they, they thought they should have called that. Uh, I don't have an opinion on it. I didn't watch the, the thing that closely in fact i didn't even watch i didn't even notice it i didn't remember that till just now and uh so i'd advise you to look at the video of the lifts it's on the internet already blaine sumner squat 2014 and the video comes up and uh see for yourself if you think that was also a problem but his third attempt he took 10 52 and a half out of the rack he walks back he sets it up and the video on the internet that you're going to look at is going to look like that squat is deep. I am sitting behind the left judge and I'm going to tell you that the squat on my side on Blaine's right side was parallel. It was not convincingly deep. And in all fairness, if you're going to break the existing world record in the IPF, and there were three IPF judges in the chair. I guess probably the guy that has the current world record would be happier if 
the squat that broke his record was clearly as deep as his was. And this one was not that squat. It was amazing in how fast the man came out of the hole with 1,052. I've never seen anything like that. In single-ply gear, it was amazing. It was faster than I've seen Milanichev do the same approximate weight. It was, Blaine is very strong. Blaine is the best squatter in the world right now. There is no doubt about that. I know where he trains up there in a little gym in Oklahoma City on the north side of town. And in fact, I know the guy that owns the gym that he trains in. And it's an amazing situation. This man is talented, he's gifted, and he will be on everybody's mind for the next few years when you say the word squat. It was an amazing thing to get to see. And I was terribly happy I got to be there to see this thing. Very, very impressive. Well, we're going long again. Nobody wants to listen to me talk for 35 minutes, for God's sake. So I'm just going to go ahead and chop this off. Thanks again to uh, my friends Mac and Jillian for hauling me around all weekend. Uh, thanks to the USAPL for running a very, very impressive meet. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening to podcast number nine on the Starting Strength channel. Bye-bye.